Hello and welcome to episode three, no, episode eight of season three of the Connect 2 podcast. My name is Jeff Cullen. And I'm Mark Hughes. Hey, Jeff, how are you? Good. Back from a little vacay and you're just going off on a exciting vacation. So it will be a long trip. Yes. Yeah. You'll be back, what, early September? No. No, it will be mid-September. Uh, Mid-September. Right. Probably the week of the 18th. So we'll get back to probably a regular, regular schedule. schedule yeah. With kids back in school. Yeah, and that, all of that good business. That's the yeah, plan. Yeah, excellent. So, um, yeah, if you're new to the channel, rate, review, and subscribe, and all that stuff that every other podcaster also asks you to do, even though people don't often do. It's that's not true. hard. You just press follow or subscribe uh, on whatever whatever platform you're using, and it will work it's just a, fine. It's a big commitment. People are... <laughs> Yeah. Reluctant to commit. And it costs uh, no money. What if I subscribe for this and I don't like it? You can't get emails out of it. You just get a... <laughs> Thank you. You might get a notification when you're in your podcast yeah. app that there is a new episode. That's it's really big. low risk, really. Yeah. Low yeah. risk, big reward. Um, And uh, today, uh, of course, we have sampling a new coffee. Coffee is from um, the Capo, which is a local roastery in Edmonton. Um, we have uh, it's called Fazenda Cachiroa. I don't know. It's from Brazil. It uh, I can't pronounce that. Cachoeira, Cachoeira. It is um, um, tasting notes of dark chocolate. Brazil nut, toasted almond, granola, dried apricot, and molasses. That's quite the combination. Let's have a little trick here. Ooh, that's nice. Oh, that is quite nice. It's really nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know the, the uh, Antonio is the um, proprietor of De Capo. He used to have a... A restaurant and then he moved to a different place had another restaurant and and then i think during uh covid he had he had previously closed his restaurant and was just focusing on the coffee mm. but during covid he was actually delivering the coffee by bike his own like by himself that's awesome quite something that's a so, story so uh I'll, I'll try and find a link and uh, put it in the in the show notes yeah right yeah interesting yeah covid well seems like maybe we're heading into a new variant it's huh. pretty aggressive yeah they're saying uh Just, hold off on getting your boosters until they get the uh wow that that's the, provided uh, alberta is willing to provide you the boosters we have a we have a, a, a premier doesn't believe in covid so. that's true free market though so you'd probably be able to buy it <laughs> yeah exactly go to bc and exactly um do you have any dad jokes yeah so i thought there's a website dad jokes slash tinder pickup lines <laughs> so some of these are pretty bad uh is your daddy a jalapeno because you sure are hot <laughs> my wife tried to unlatch our daughter's car seat with one hand and said how do one-armed mothers do it without missing a beat i replied single-handedly there you go is your daddy named Oliver? Because you'll soon be all over this. <laughs> Do these work? 
Probably not. The fattest knight at King Arthur's round table was Sir Comference. He acquired his size from too much pie. <laughs> Here's a great pickup line in a bar. Did you just fart? Because you blew me away. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, did you hear the news? FedEx and UPS are merging. They're going to go by the new name FedUp from now on. <laughs> that would be actually pretty funny. Uh, here, My first job was working in an orange juice factory. I got canned because I couldn't concentrate. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Last one. Uh, why did the invisible man turn down the job offer? He just couldn't see himself doing it. There he go. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. All right. Okay. What did you uh, learn this what week? What did I learn this week? Yeah. I learned uh, lots. Um, Ooh, lots is good. So um, I think, was it you who had pointed out that uh, that um, Thea is the, the, the Mars-sized... Um, planet that struck earth really early in its formation and caused the moon no okay that was not me so there's this thing called Theia. Theia. that's the name so the so earth uh and the moon are basically uh the moon formed as a result of a collision between the earth's protoplanet okay formation and another protoplanet that was much smaller, the size, they figure, of about Mars. Oh, yeah. And it struck uh, the Earth. And the the debris that formed for, uh, basically coalesced and became the moon. Now, that's a hypothesis, though. Yeah, but they have a fair bit of reason behind okay. it. So it's not, uh, it's but it's it, it happened fairly early. And this is not a new theory that's been going on. I think they call it the big splash. But I have, yeah, I have heard. I didn't know it was Thea. Because I've also recently heard other astrophysicists postulate that Earth, the moon might have been a like an errant uh, no, they've, traveling body that got captured in Earth's gravity. I think they, they are, uh, they believe this, this Thea is kind of the... Well, the an stronger theory? The stronger yeah. theory, yeah. Yeah. I mean the geological composition should probably well they know the say speed right? at which it hit too or mm -hmm. they have a pretty good idea so what they don't know they don't know the exact mass of it and they don't know the exact speed of it but they know the combination of it because right. one of these things is the energy they are aware of what the energy is between the two so um yeah the um <laughs> You can use that same uh, mathematical equation to figure out how fat the woman was who backed into your car at the Walmart parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> so, Thea, that's interesting. What else have you learned? Well, do you remember that noise that you would always hear in movies for THX? When was the last time you heard that? It's been quite a long time. I, yeah. I thought something about what happened to THX, but I didn't watch the video. I did. I presume you did. I did. It's yeah. quite interesting. So the um, so George Lucas, uh, during, I think it was the second Star Wars, mm -hmm. uh, he went to go see a screening of 
one of the Star Wars episodes at a theater because he wanted to see what it sounded like at a regular movie theater. Right. He was not pleased, I he assume. Was unbelievably. So it was in mono. It was really old, like 30-year-old technology at that time. Right. So this was in the 80s. Yeah. So it was really, really bad. It sounded, and, and in fact, you couldn't hear lots of the dialogue. You couldn't hear any of the deep booming and all of that stuff. Right. So he got, so he decided to create this um, um, sound Right, dynamic sound company. sort of, uh, yeah, so surround it was called. sound for theaters. And uh, he wanted to uh, to basically standardize and make it so that it was like a selling feature for theaters. Yeah. So you could get absolutely. THX certified. Now, THX stands for the sound engineer. His name is Thomas Holman Experiment, I think, is the, where the THX okay. comes from. Well, there you go. And... Um, and they just they they focused on that. They were trying to improve the movie theater experience by having um, better sound systems in the in the theaters. Right, so it was all right. about standardizing that. Yep. And then as things progressed, it ba basically went to home theater and right. to and yeah, that that noise, the noise. Yeah, <laughs> apparently for some kids that was scary. But, uh, really? Well, it's kind of a scary noise. I guess. And, um, but so what's happened over time, because you don't see it anymore. No. No. So first of all, people don't typically watch uh, as many movies in theaters anymore. And sound systems have gotten so sophisticated that THX in and of itself is not super relevant anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a mistakes. THS X was sold. Okay. So probably about 15 years ago it was sold. And then it's been sold again. Mm. So it basically got sold and it got sold to a gaming company. Okay. Um, and so they were having THX within the game. So right. if you, you would have great soundscapes within the game. Mm -hmm. And um, and then Razer, which is a, a, a computer manufacturer, has bought... Um, uh, bought the company. Okay. So it's currently owned by Razer and uh, they focus on gaming, of course. So yep. a lot of the THX stuff still exists, but is primarily related to games now. Right. So, um, so you can still see it, but it's, it is um, no longer nearly as ubiquitous as it was. Sure. And it's not as relevant, but. Um, well, same with Dolby. They used to be like, yeah. Dolby same. surround. Well, like, Ooh. Yeah, the audience is listening. Right. So, yeah, I mean, technology just becomes kind of, uh, that'd be like, you know, extolling 4K, which is really weird. I think my, my, my mother-in-law has either a 4 or an 8K TV, and it takes a while to get used to just how crisp the image is. Like, like we have an old 10, I think it's 1080p, oh, yeah. you know, so it, it's, it's, it's older than my son, so it's got to be 16, 17 years old, still in pretty good shape. But then you watch these new 4K TVs, like like that new Magnum PI was on in the background, and everything is just so like crisp and clear. Well, there, there's that at first you're like, it just it almost looks unnatural. Well, in fact, it's disturbing. There's two parts to that. So uh, first part is that um, that that yeah, if you if you have your your TV set to 4K, like if you have like an Apple 4K box or something like yeah. that 
it'll and you get the media that's 4k it uses a lot of data bandwidth holy crap yeah. but um but um yeah you see it's super sharp it's a little disturbing yeah in fact you can turn it off and in fact a lot of people do because so what's really interesting is good cinema is not super sharp Right. Because it starts looking like uh, TV shows from the uh, 90s. Absolutely. Right? Because right? It, super, super, the, the thing that was really present at the time was videos and everything was hyper sharp and um, doesn't actually make for good um, cinema or TV because you really need to have some stuff that's in focus and some that's out of focus. Yeah, more of a depth of field. And <clears throat> also, it also creates a bit more, uh, it draws your eyes to the right spot. So right. you put the out of focus spots where you don't want people to look. Yeah, and, yeah, and yeah, focus. yeah. It's just, it's, um, yeah. But the other thing, the totally different other thing is that, uh, that you can get, um, um, when you buy a TV from Best Buy, yeah, they do some crazy, crazy ass shit to the TVs so that they're like hyper, uh, hyper contrasty, way too bright. And it works okay when you're in uh, a Best Buy or a Memory oh, Express because yeah. it's because it's in a big space and you're really sure. trying to see differences between right. between TVs. So you go, oh, this one's much sharper than this one. Well, but that's not you. Your eyes will get, actually get really tired very mm. quick when you're super sharp. Right. So um, you need to have a little. It needs to be a little soft. You need to adjust your set when and, you get home. And, yeah, and you, usually people. So if you ever get your TV calibrated so that the colors are true, you'll find everything is kind of toned down. Mm. It looks great, um, but if you compare it to the TV in a showroom, it looks uh, dark and the colors look a little muted. Right. And but that's actually what the colors really are as opposed to this hyper everything yeah. hyper saturated hyper everything yeah so um yeah so a lot of times when you get it out of the box you know you can press a button that says vivid and all of a sudden it's like oh my eyes are burning yeah 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 right? it's like, too vivid it's too vivid yeah interesting so cool. so yeah and if you put those two together you get this uh and it's really tiring on the eyes yeah no so. that's interesting there you go so, well, there you go. Anything you learned this week? <laughs> well, we were away a lot. I, I just, in the last day or so, I learned a lot about professional wrestling. <laughs> really? And I have to say, I've been watching a podcast or excerpts of a Joe Rogan had Hulk Hogan on. And uh, some really fascinating stories about... So wrestling used to be very fragmented. Yeah, yeah. You know, so you'd had different wrestling. Stampede wrestling. Well, like in, in the States too. And then when he was talking about how when Vince McMahon Jr. took over, his vision was to break those barriers, right? So you had these Randy the Macho Man and, and Hulk, and they would they would go into different markets. And he was, this is like big stuff because on numerous occasions, he had guns held to his head. Really? By wrestlers and promoters. Oh my. Threatening to kill him if uh, if he came back or because this was like a territorial thing. And then he talked about one wrestler I'd never heard of before who apparently had his throat slit and was murdered in Puerto Rico by a wrestling promoter. Really? After a match. Yeah. Because it was all of this, this turf war stuff within pro professional wrestling. And, and 
I'm very much the reaction Joe Rogan had. Really? I was like, <laughs> and like, oh yeah, man, this is serious. So it's fascinating. But uh, but he was also really open about it. It you know people have suspected for years. You know that it was they use the term fake, but it's not fake. It's choreographed, right? Like yeah. they would they would plan out who's going to win and who's going to lose, and but the actual physical well, they get quite stuff, injured too, right? Absolutely. Like yeah, some of the hits are are again but it requires a great deal of athleticism to make it look authentic without killing each other. Right. So, so he was talking about, so he just turned 70. Hulk Hogan did. It looks amazing. And 70. 70. And he was saying he's had 25 surgeries in the last 10 years. For what? All kinds of wear and tear and, and damage ligaments and his knees and his elbows. Like the, he's like, Oh man. Yeah. You know, all those years of, of, and when he was young, he would wrestle 400 times a year in his prime. Think, 400? 400, yeah. So he, he, <laughs> That's more he than one a day. Flying 300 days out of the year. And uh, like, yeah, because he's talking about like on, on Saturdays, they would wrestle in, in, uh, at 1230 in one venue, right? And then they would, let's say in New York City, and then they would wrestle that night at a different venue. He goes, so yeah, so for years and years and years, it was just constantly on the road, constantly wrestling. Oh, wow. And he's talking about how a lot of guys, this was another f- interesting statistic. He was talking about if you look at how many football players or baseball players have died, committed suicide, you know, over the last, let's say, 15 years, there's there's numbers, right? Because wrestlers, there's been over 225 wrestlers have committed suicide uh, in that period because of... The lifestyle, right? Yeah. And uh, the violence, the, you know, so it's even worse when you're done. You've been on drugs, you've been on painkillers, you've been doing all of these. And then you, you know, you're kind of wired to be aggressive. And even though it's, you know, it's fake, in a staged. lot of cases, it's it staged. wasn't fake, yeah. staged, right? Yeah. There'd be a lot of rivalries. And, and he goes, so yeah, so a lot of guys go home and they just, they can't, they can't integrate. There's domestic violence. There's all kinds of problems. So he goes, it's a really tough gig. So mm-hmm. I was really found that quite fascinating because I used to love it when I was a kid, right? All those guys, you know, Ric Flair and the Hulkster, Macho Man. And he goes, uh, it was, uh, it's it's a tough gig. So that, I thought that was very fascinating. That That is, that does sound fascinating. So where were you looking at this on YouTube? Or? Yeah, just on YouTube, okay. Joe Rogan. Well, uh, so today's anything else you learned? Nope. Okay. But, <laughs> well, I'm sure. I'm sure I've learned other things. I just can't. I haven't uh, fully integrated them yet. Um. So today we're talking about screen time. Screen time. We're talking about how much is too much and what you can do. I mean, the advantage of going backcountry camping or going to the mountains and stuff. Some, especially up in Canada, the. Um, <laughs> There's a lot of places there's no uh, mm-hmm. no cell phone coverage, so you have no choice but to disconnect. That's right. And it makes a huge difference. It makes a huge difference to your lives. And uh, but but when you're in the city, and I realize like I spend way too much time on screens. And what's worse is um, what's worse is that uh, I mean I listen to audiobooks and podcasts. 
those don't count as screen time. <laughs> now, if you are driving CarPlay uh, and you're using CarPlay, I yeah. think it does count as screen time. Okay, but um, but not uh, but not but not audiobooks, right? And not um, yeah. So when you say count, you mean by like the phone itself? The phone, well, yeah, the phone, yeah. like with that, in the Apple, times. it actually records across all devices, so right. you get to see. Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if you've yeah. ever looked. <laughs> I get reports every now and then, and um, you know, so I am well. A couple things. First of all, I the debate about what you know too much, not enough. I don't know. If that's viable, really. Like too much. First of all. People will be different, right? Um, well, oh. so the average American spends over seven hours looking at a screen every day. Yeah. Seven hours. Seven hours. That is almost a full-time job. Now, does that include uh, a work screen? Because oftentimes I'll be, you know, I believe even though I is... do a lot of time on phone, I still spend a lot of time looking at my computer. This is, um, this is, basi this is basically um, like screens not... Uh, not uh like this is like not a monitor this is like like the entertainment screens that's right yeah seven hours a day is at worldwide it is six hours and 37 minutes each day for okay for internet connected activities includes right. two hours and 31 minutes scrolling through social media channels okay one hour and 38 minutes streaming music one hour and 12 minutes listening to podcasts and the majority of this three hours and 46 minutes is spent on mobile Mobile phones. Mobile phone. Looking at video, Tablets. probably, right? TikTok and this kind of so thing. So the Americans spend more than that. So Canadians is not far off. Yep. Um, slightly above average. One hour longer than the British. But four hours less than the biggest screen time consumers, which is South Africans, who consume around nine hours and 38 minutes a day. Wow. What the hell's going on in South Africa? Go yeah. out and look at a monkey or something. Um. Or an elephant or, or a jaguar. The biggest desktop screen consumers are South Africans as well. Interesting. Four hours of their screen time is on computers. Right. Second biggest computer screen time are the Russians. Yeah, I'm not That's because they're hacking. That's right. Um, they're trying to find out. Prigushin. Filipinos. Was it, was it really accidental plane crash? Filipinos are the biggest mobile screen consumers, spending five hours and 31 minutes looking just at them. So wow. I guess the screen time is 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 broken down into mobile versus non-mobile. Sure. But there you go. Imagine if all of this time was actually spent learning things. Well, yeah. So the, the, <laughs> the average person spends sleeps for eight hours. Right. That means about over 41% of our waking hours is looking at screens. That's wild, man. South Africans are spending 60%. Um, That's wild. At the other end are the Japanese who just spend over 23% of their waking time. Interesting. They're working too hard. Yeah. There's no time for screen time. And, well, and so that, I mean, that raises a very interesting um what about social media? Question. Social media worldwide, average person spends two and a half hours on social media every day. Yeah. How how do you average it? Ugh, I don't. It's not been good, especially yeah. lately. It's been. I was way, I was spending way too much time on Twitter. Sorry, X, and I uh, I still have it on my phone, but I haven't logged back into my uh, actual account. I did start Threads, 
And I don't know, I don't, I'm not finding it quite as captivating. And then I will look at Facebook, but again, I had to restart my Facebook account. So uh, there's just a whole bunch of different things. So I, I would, I would say I probably spent a lot more time on YouTube. Um, some of it productive and by productive, I mean like learning, you know, things that are actually informative, a lot of it kind of just entertainment. Um, so my daily average is five hours. Okay. Let me see. It's too much. Where would I find that? Yeah. My average is five hours. Ooh. Depends on the week. Uh, I'm clearly close to the uh, American average. It's too much. Oh, an average of four hours and 30 minutes a day. Yeah. My weekly report. I'll probably do it over months. Yeah, it's not good. Oh, last week, two hours and 46 minutes. Well, but you were, you were in the middle of nowhere, right? Yep. That, that will help. Oh, boy. Early August, six hours and 34 minutes. It depends on what I'm doing. Now, I will admit, a lot of that I will just put on YouTube stuff, like, in the background. Yeah, so YouTube, for me, is, like, the number one uh, source Except for like maybe at night, see like Crave is coming up here is counting as screen time, but that's that'll be like evening. Um, one of the things that I find fascinating when I think about it though is how how much my screen habits have changed. Not only mine, but I think most of us, right? Because you know we grew up. Like, we've been through a lot of stages, obviously, mm. at the age we are, right? Like, we grew up with the 13, 13. There's 13 channels on the dial. You didn't have fully 13 yeah, channels. You had, like, three or four. Yeah, maybe maybe a few more if you lived in a big urban center, right? So we went from that to cable. I remember having that cable box yeah. that had, like, the 40 buttons on it. Well, it and I like, remember you had to go up to Telemundo. the TV and actually turn. Yeah. You had to turn yeah. the knob. Well, I remember we had, so we had the cable box on the one TV, which had, it was a physical wired box. thing. It was brown and black yeah. buttons, right? And then the back room television, my dad still had on a UHF uh, antenna yeah, yeah. with the big dial yeah. and the little little stickies. So if you wanted to watch like, like channel three, which was CBS, yeah, yeah. the CBS affiliate, you had to turn the antenna somewhere around the three, you know, so you'd turn it and then you'd hear it turn on the roof. Oh, really? Then it would, oh, the wow. picture would get more and more clear. And then it was never really crystal clear. We're talking about 4K before, man. You know, it was like, what? how unfuzzy can I get it? Yeah, like, exactly. Okay, that's pretty good, right? Um, and then we always, you know, we went through cable television, much more sophisticated. But, you know, we have skinny cable. Uh, I can't remember the last time we watched anything on cable. And it's just, it's fascinating to me how quickly we've adapted, you know, our, our watching habits. Because I would say like 95% of, yeah, I think you watch a bit more program TV than I do. Like my, 95% of my watching of those hours is this these, these uh, fragmented things right so it might be like part of a pod like a lot of podcasters will do like a three-hour podcast but then they break it down into you know numerous 10-minute segments so just watch a lot of like 10 minutes of this five minutes of that 
and then maybe one or two shows very deliberately. Yeah, I mean, so there's shows that I will, streaming shows, when they drop, I'll watch deliberately. But um, I'm almost watching nothing on uh, broadcast television. Yeah, no. Um, And, um, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, the only time I do is when there's hockey. Right, right. That's a different thing. Or sometimes football. Not lately because... Well, in fact, I did watch one recently, a football game where the Elks actually won a game, but they they have online. Like that was against Ottawa, wasn't it? Uh, the Red Blacks. Or was no, they're playing the Red Blacks today, and at home they haven't won a game at home since they changed their name. I know. I, told, it's, I, told, I think yeah. I told you that, and it's like two, three years. Three years. I know it's crazy. It's it's really bad. Yeah. So, well, and then this season, the the game that they won. Like I've seen them play other games, and yeah. it's kind of like they can, um, they are very good at uh, snatching defeat out of the jaws. Yeah, of victory. exactly. Because uh, because uh, like they had this game in hand, and then they promptly lost in the last five minutes. I know. Like, and, and it's just like they went from twenty one points ahead to losing. <laughs> so my dad had a, a recommendation. My dad's a big. He loves NFL and college ball, but he's also always been a CFL yeah. fan. You know, he's Alouettes. Yeah, CFL is right? good, good football. Uh, so we was talking to him a couple of weeks ago, and uh, he's not a huge Edmonton fan, but, you know, certainly aware of, and he said, uh, he says, if I was the coach, now, you know, my dad's in his 80s, so the typical old guy of that era, right? I know better. But I thought his suggestion was really quite interesting because he's like, he's like, I think these guys are like, it's so psychologically damaging. He says, if I was a coach, I'd say, look, guys, we're not going to do no practices this week, right? The game's coming up on Sunday, whatever. We're not going to do any practices. Go out, go fishing, fucking overeat, drink, you know, get laid, smoke dope, whatever, right? And we'll show up on Sunday and we'll just play the game and we'll just, Let no, no expectations. Let's just come in, show up. And, and let's just have some fun and see what happens. And his idea was maybe just to break that that cycle, right? Because the more you try, right? All right, we're going to practice harder, right? The more, you know, it's like a slump, right? And I was like, that's actually pretty, uh, an interesting well, you know, approach, I, right? And, like, and I have take to, the pressure off. I have to say, I'm uh, a little shocked at uh, with the Edmonton Elks in particular because... Um, so I think the last time they won the Great Cup was with their current coach, Chris, Chris Jones, was coaching. Yeah, yeah. And that was quite a number of years ago. Yes, it was. And um, and then like as soon as that season was done, he he got he was he was out of town, right? Like he went to Saskatchewan. He said all kinds of nasty things about the Edmonton Elks and how well it wasn't it was, it was the Eskimos, Eskimos back at the then, time, yeah. but the um, but. And it was kind of um, it was comments that were unnecessary, right. and they were they really showed that this guy was not a particularly uh, ethical, moral person. He also stole a bunch of players, <laughs> right. stole a bunch of players, right? right? So um, and and he was kind of obvious about it, right? And I'm going like that guy is never ever going to come back here. There is no way. And like he did okay in Saskatchewan but not great he didn't win the great cup yeah and um and then but he was seen as like this um defensive genius defensive coordinator genius 
but he wanted to be head coach. He wanted to be general manager. He wanted to be everything. And right. um, I mean, Edmonton started having real problems, especially after the best players left with coach Jones. And then uh, they're having all kinds of other issues. And all of a sudden they welcome back with open arms. I'm going like, man, you got a short memory. He really screwed you guys over yeah. and showed himself not to be really, not to be having the teams. He was more interested in Chris Jones than he was in right. the team. Yeah. And um, yeah, that's the guy they got there now. Yeah, and he's been there for at least a year, maybe two. Yeah. Um, and they, I mean, they were doing really bad before he came. He was supposed <laughs> to be the savior, and it hasn't worked out. Hasn't really worked out. And they're yeah. missing all kinds of key players. Like they don't have a good quarterback. They have yeah. a okay quarterback now, but well, they change quarterbacks, and since they changed, they're actually doing better. But, yeah. Oh my god. So anyway, you know, you know the good thing about the CFL though. What? The Canadian team almost always wins the Great Cup. <laughs> <laughs> exactly don't expand into the u.s for god's sakes right that'll be the same as the as the the stanley cup oh uh, when's the last time a canadian team won the great cup 35 years ago so anyhow screen time um so but so but so as i was saying i it it, it does occur to me sometimes like how seamlessly my watching and by extension, you know, most of the people around me, like my kids and my wife, we all have this new pattern, right? We yeah, watch yeah. different things at different times. And and it almost seems like a different reality to go back and think about even 15 years ago, 10 years ago, uh, our, our whole pattern of consuming video oh, yeah. and screen time was completely different right so, so here's it's, a few, few more stats uh, so 93 and a half percent of americans stream tv on their internet yeah so they're not watching cable news no or... no no well except the old folks yeah. yeah yeah and that's all fox yeah it's funny you mentioned uh mainstream television because my dad will talk about shows that he watches and i have no idea what the hell he's talking about he's like oh you've been watching like you know blah 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 chicago pd or i mean and like it makes me laugh because on on network television it's clear that it's the same formula i don't know what their demographic is it must be these old people because it's like cop show lawyer show paramedic show firefighter show it's the same formula that Every they've time. been doing for since we were kids and I guess it still sells, right? Well, I think it's family, uh, you know, was it sitcom about family, you know, dysfunctional dad and all, all the same stuff. And I'm like, man, well, it's, it's created all kinds of problems, right? Because I mean, like I watch streaming services without ads. And, uh, so, you know, the whole economic model related to broadcast tv was based on i've got a captive audience right they need to be here yes. and uh, so they'll watch my ads yes and now my understanding is netflix is turning to you can pay less and get ads supported right uh, youtube always has or has had ads yeah i don't mind i i wouldn't mind that as much um although i th i think my expectation would be different that they don't cancel certain things mm -hmm. like in the way that they have, if you're actually, I don't know. It's interesting because yeah, I don't understand how the industry 
well, I think we're not quite there yet. I think the whole streaming thing, and I know Scott Galloway talks all about this. We talk a little bit about it in, in management. Like the business model doesn't work, right? No, and it's based it, on... Except for Netflix. Netflix is profitable, right? They have turned the corner. And and I think Galloway was talking about this. And my prediction is I think they will, they will re... If they stay, if they maintain profitability, I think you'll see a lot of these one-off streaming services die like uh, maybe even disney plus if they can't get their head out of their butt and you'll get netflix and then maybe something else will emerge as an aggregator because to me it just makes sense the minute you become we're producing content and we have our distribution channel i mean netflix has pulled it off but how many channels how many streaming services can do that profitably where you're like we're making our own shows and we're running this whole subscription-based model. Well, I think it's a bit like um, when you are uh, when you're doing like business classes. There's these um, you'll do these uh, these things where you're trying to um, they're like a simulation where you have to invest so much in infrastructure, so much mm-hmm. in research and development yeah. on new products, and then how you market it. And, and they kind of do this complicated thing. Right. Um, I think it's part of a capstone, typically a capstone. Yeah, it's like a, like a strategy type thing. Usually. So, but you're basically, you're looking at it from all these different perspectives. You're trying right. to, uh, um, because there's so many factors and you're trying to tweak it. And if you don't put enough in R&D, then you don't have new products, then your new products aren't selling as well anymore. Yeah, and, so there's like the Boston uh, Matrix model where you're, you're creating superstars from from dogs and question marks, and then you've got cash cows that are things that just generate long term money without having to to it reinvest a lot of of new capital in it. it exactly, chugs along. So I, I think to me, Disney Plus is suffering uh, one of the classic problems with those. Well, that, that you would notice if you were in those business classes. That's right. Where they're not investing enough in the stuff ahead of time so that the products can come out in sequence and you're always having fresh products out there. Yeah. Um, they're kind of saving the money on the R&D, the equivalent of R&D for them, right. which is projects and development. And then because if you don't spend the money on the R&D, you don't have the new products coming out. And if the new products coming out, you slowly diminish. And and with the subscription right. model, a lot of the subscription models sub- is supported by this concept of getting new subscribers and not really looking at the maintaining and servicing the existing ones. Right, exactly. So um, exactly. Disney Plus is not maintaining and, and dealing with their subscribers because they cut off uh, but, and slow down a whole bunch of projects so they don't have new stuff coming out as much. Right. So you go to Disney Plus and there's only usually one or two, maybe three new series that are coming out at any given time. Yeah. Whereas Netflix has a whole raft of them. Absolutely. There are a lot, a bunch of them are cheaper or maybe from overseas. There's a lot of diversification. Yep. Um, but there is this steady flow of it. Right. Whereas with... Um, with uh, Disney Plus, which has like this amazing library of old stuff. Yeah. But it's, um, what was it? I think we were talking a, a couple of weeks ago when you were talking about how, yeah, you're not going to sit there and watch old episodes of Friends. Like you might watch occasionally, but it's that's not going to be a growth market. No. Right? No, exactly. So maybe some of the classic 
movies you could see. A little bit. Uh, but, well, the other problem, of course, with Disney and, and Iger, they were just talking, you know, recognize this, is that they, they shifted their focus to exactly having to feed that that uh, uh, treadmill, yeah, right? Yeah. So Marvel and, and, and Star Wars is just producing shittier and crappier shows, yeah. you know? Uh, well, we talked about that, and there's been a lot of comment, like the uh, Secret Invasion. Like the product, well, the production values, yeah, okay, they were dealing with a bit with COVID, were ridiculous. Like the whole scenes in the hospital where it's the president of the United States. And it looks like an office building, right? And there's like three people in the scene, and it's like, this doesn't, and people were contrasting that to like old episodes of ER. Yeah. yeah. Where it's like, there's 40 people in the the background, right? It looks like an operating, like a real hospital or at least right? what you would imagine a real hospital would look yeah like. exactly so interestingly enough they're trying i think they're trying to walk that razor's edge because now they're talking about they're gonna start to throttle back produce less mcu content and they've canceled a whole bunch of star wars projects which in a way is probably smart because they were making crap but how do you then maintain the interest in paying Paying. Now I don't mind Disney Plus as much because well I mean if if they the content goes down because I pay once a year right but okay. like, but twelve bucks a month for one of these other services if there's nothing there it's, yeah. it's tougher to justify it's tougher right? to justify that's right like uh, yeah and we talked about this like so now Crave all of the Star Trek stuff is gone right Paramount Plus is working hard I see a lot of comments on Facebook. Wow, it would be great if they had more than just freaking Star Star Trek. So I don't know how that's going to succeed. When the new Star Trek shows come out, we'll probably quit Crave because there's really no penalty. No. Right? So ease of, of there's no barriers of entry and exit from a from a customer point of view. You go, like, all right, cancel, right? Sign up for this one. Watch that show that I'm interested in for the next three months. Cancel that. Go back to this one. So that's a really tough well, model. Crave is kind of interesting because basically the, the 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 model for Crave, which is a little different than these American ones, is that basically if it's being broadcast, uh, you can catch like past episodes that you missed of the broadcast right. show on Crave. Yeah. Um, so what's happened with so so um, Star Trek: um, Strange New Worlds is still on Crave yep. until September fifth. Now the fifth. The, the last episode of Strange New Waves Worlds has already broadcast. So yeah. it's there for a while and then it will disappear. It just, yes. And, um, but that's, that's not a bad model, right? Like you're just yeah. catching up and um, it catches people who missed that favorite show of theirs, whatever right. it was, you know, yeah. RuPaul's yeah. whatever. Yeah. Well, that's what my wife, my wife's watched it ton of rupaul and we watched star trek so we used to watch letter kenny and eh, kind of lost interest a bit so letter kenny show. i always think is funny but i never i've never watched the whole episode <laughs> again it's a bit of a concept that then they did shorzy the hockey thing so but you know i guess eventually the market will mature my prediction is you're going to see more aggregators like netflix and then some of these studios will go back to stick to their knitting. Let's just produce Let's really produce good sell content. To, sell to these other guys. And then sell to these distributors. In the way that manufacturers, I mean, there is vertical integration sometimes makes sense. But sometimes it doesn't. Like if you're not an, an expert in the distribution network, 
the economies of scale are just not there. Well, the streaming platforms, right. part of it is that it's a huge technology issue, right? Yeah. I mean, there's, um, I mean, I am, I think Apple is interesting because Apple's just got so much money that they can, they can produce, do whatever they, want. they can do whatever they want. <laughs> I've heard that like Netflix, most people don't notice it, but the algorithm is actually throttling picture quality. Oh, really? Based from scene to scene. So the algorithm is like, if this scene is not all that important, right? They will wow. reduce the picture quality just a little bit, right? If it, like maybe unnoticeably, maybe if you have a 4K or an 8K TV, you're like, oh, it looks a little bit fuzzy. But on the average set or on the device, wow. you don't notice. What? But they do that because it adds up in the aggregate on bandwidth, right? Well, so you're, if they're you're like, paying, eh. You're paying more with Netflix if you want 4K. Right. Like it's, uh, but even that apparently they, yeah. the algorithm is smart enough and I, and it maybe it's on watch pattern, like know. it's in real time, but they decide, yeah, that scene, you know what, we, we can just reduce the quality just a little bit well, there's on a, bandwidth some, and no one's really going to care. Well, there's some crazy stats that the average time, um, people spend on Netflix, uh, just selecting what they're going to watch. I was going to say, um, I've been there a few times where you're like, was it Matthew McConaughey? And, and he's got a, a motivational speech where he talks about uh, too many choices will make a tyrant of us all. I've been there where I've got like a half an hour to kill. Oh, I'll watch something on Netflix. And then I find it like 25 minutes. I still haven't picked something because ah, there's just too much choice. And then you're like, ah, screw it. <laughs> I've wasted all this time. Well, yeah, actually, because it is. It's like a. It's like a. It's an amazing buffet. And I'm not. I'm. My kids are different, but I'm not someone who. Like, if I pick something, I tend to try and like stick with it. I'm not going to be like two minutes in and like ah, oh, this is crap. So maybe I'm a little bit too choosy and I waste a lot of time picking. <laughs> The average adult takes 9.4 minutes to decide what they're going to watch. So 10 minutes just deciding what they're going to watch. It's, um, yeah, 45 hours per year, apparently. Wow. They should, uh, not they should, maybe a, a, a AI curation feature would be good. Well, you know what's really... Because I know they do serve up suggestions, right? They're like, hey, because you watch that. But maybe there's something that should be even more... Uh, take the hands off the reins and it'll like TikTok style. Well, this is just serve up the shows. So that this is what I was, like. I was going to say. So one of the things, at least, you know, I guess I'm spending too much time on TikTok, but on TikTok, you'll get these snippets from, of the exciting parts of some movie or TV show. Right. And if you watch it through without swiping to the next one, then you'll see more of the same. So, um, what um, and in fact, uh, yesterday I suffered the consequences of this, where basically I had watched and I had watched like two, several snippets from uh, Alita: Battle Angel. I don't oh, know yeah. if, if you've uh, yeah. if you've seen. I mean, that's a Robert Rodriguez film from I don't know, maybe ten years ago or something like that. It's, Is it's it that old? Ago. I thought it was more recent than that. No, like, it's not CGI. new. CGI. No, it's not that new. Um, is this the one with she's got like she's got bigger eyes, eyes? Yeah, eyes, yeah. It's not that old though. Uh, are you sure? 
<laughs> Let's find out. Let's find out. As as we're spending time uh, on screens, as we're actually broadcasting. You don't need to know anything anymore because it's 2019. <laughs> exactly. It's really easy to find stuff, yeah, too. Yeah, 2019. No. Yep. Oh, my gosh. It is way sooner, way more recent yeah. than I thought. Oh, yeah. You're totally correct. Well, that's only, well, it's what, four years ago. Is the lead at Battle Angel 2 confirmed? No, I think that that was... Uh... Uh, nope. <laughs> anyway, uh, so, well, I thought it was was older than that. But um, anyway, the like I really enjoyed these little TikTok snippets, so it encouraged me to actually watch... The movie? The movie. So I just watched it last night. And... Um, and it was good. Yeah. Uh, I, I'd forgotten lots about it. It's, man, it seems like it should have been longer ago. That I saw that. Um, yeah, well, that's part of what happens. Is <laughs> time becomes... There's shit that happens, and I think it was a long time ago, like this, and it was recent. And then there's other things that... There's I think, other things you go like, like oh, that just happened. Just, and then like, you look it up, and it's, it's like, 2006. Oh I'm going yeah. like, oh, my God, so 20, 20 years ago. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> Like if you tell people, time is relative. yeah. You know, I remember that twenty years ago, and when you tell people that 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 means it's two thousand three, and yeah. you go like, what? what? I know, I know. Post nine eleven. Yeah, exactly. Um, let's uh, let's switch gears here um, and talk about the media we're consuming using our screen time. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I was away, so I've been did more reading. You know, nothing well, for good media. You. Yeah, I'm reading a Jack Reacher novel. So uh, I, I just, I can't get enough of these Jack Reacher novels. It's mm -hmm. bizarre. Can't wait for season two of the show. Well, um, I realized I had not, I had not watched the second uh, Tom Cruise Jack Reacher. Movie. I watched that a couple, because I read the book. And I read, and then I watched a movie right after it. That was at uh, Never Go Home or Never Go Back. Something Never Go Back. I, it was okay. I've watched part of it. I haven't watched yeah. the whole thing yet, but yeah. Uh, but I've started what I wanted to do. Cause I, I, the book, the book was a bit odd in that it meandered. Some of them are really quite linear. This mm -hmm. one, I thought, hey. so I wanted to see what they did with the plot. And uh, it was quite well done because they picked like, they, they kind of narrowed it down. It's like, well, yeah, yeah. the screenwriter, like, like, what do we really need from this story? We get rid of this, get rid of that and just get down to the brass tacks. So in a way, the movie, I thought, flowed better than that particular book. Because the book, to me, there was a lot of extra stuff where you're like, what the hell does this have to do with the main, like a lot of exposition? And it's like, yeah. So they pared it down. And they changed a few of the facts and whatnot. But it, it I, I thought it was good. The movie was good. Yeah. Interesting. Um, um, it's still weird to watch little Tom Cruise. Yeah, he's supposed know, to be six foot four. And then guy. you watch Alan Richardson, and and the, and that's like, okay, this this, this is the Jack. Reacher. So when I'm reading the book now, this is who I picture. You know, not Tom Cruise. No. <laughs> <laughs> there are not enough platform shoes there. Exactly. I'm still loving Justified. I can't get over how much that show is. Did uh, you watch Ahsoka? We haven't started yet. So my so my son has been away many, many, many Fridays. And then he just came back the week before last. His job was done. And then, but then we took off. I heard he had a very late night. And then, uh, yeah. And then he was <laughs> going. early morning. He was, uh, on Friday, they had a, a year-end party. Yeah. So we drove him out Friday night. 
and he came picked them up Saturday morning. And then last night he went to a, another get together, smaller group, one of the camp people. I picked them up at midnight. So we've been holding off on on Guardians of the Galaxy three, which oh. I have seen. Okay, but we usually watch these things as a, and that one's such a good. That was a good. It's probably the best MCU of Phase Five so far, by know, far. I don't know which phase. Anyways, uh, we want to watch the Flash, which I've also seen, mostly for Keaton, right? And uh, we want to start Ahsoka, but we're waiting for him. He's like, oh, I'm going to be back in school soon, Dad. We'll get back to our regular family, you know, Friday night Disney Plus. Well, Ahsoka, so. Ahsoka is dropping on different a different day of the week. It's on Tuesday. Okay. What have you been thinking? It's two episodes, I think. Two came episodes out, right? came out. Um, they are clearly set up episodes, and oh. so and um, I have to say with Ahsoka, um, like when I saw Ahsoka in, I don't know if it was Boba Fett or Mandalorian. She was in. She was in Mandalorian for sure. I think it was just in Mandalorian. She might have been in Boba because it got a little bit yeah, messy like, there, it right? Like, it was like, like Mandalorian two and a half, and yeah, and at the part of Boba Fett, and I'm not sure for for sure what happened. But anyway, I thought she was an appealing character. Yes. in that, and um, I have to say that. This is kind of um, dark and brooding a little bit. She's she's not you. Um, it's kind of like you're jumping into a show midstream. Okay. Um, and so they're not spending time making you like the characters yet. Mm. Um, so um, yeah. So I don't know. So ap apparently, well, Andor was a bit like that in the Andor, end jump. Although that was such a well written show. Yeah. That I, it I, overcame that. But, yeah, and you you start, but there were times where you're going like, please just give me a little bit more to latch on to okay, for this character. Interesting. And with, um, yeah, with uh, with Ahsoka, she's just like in when she showed up in The Mandalorian, you kind of got some insight into her personality right away. Right. With this one, she's just seeming quite distant. Interesting. And uh, very stoic. Do we know where it's set in the timeline? Yes. So the interesting thing about it is, in fact, there is a... Uh, so I haven't watched the Rebel... Uh, uh, Rebel Forces? The Rebel... The, the, I think the, it's just called Rebels. Maybe it's called Rebels. Star Wars, Star Wars Rebels. Rebels. That's yeah. it. And um, so there is a, an episode, I think in the last season, where uh, shot for shot, they do oh, a part of okay. one of the... Uh, Ahsoka's thing where it's shot for shot the same thing. So you can see where it fits in the timeline. Oh, so, that's pretty so smart. So Rebels has got it animated and then Ahsoka has that section. It's a right. segment is shot for shot exactly the same, uh, except using live action. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, super interesting. <laughs> Disney's good at that. <laughs> so... So there's so so in Ahsoka there's going to be two uh, there's at least two super interesting characters, um, which uh, which is Ahsoka and then her former Padawan, and uh, okay. I can't remember what her name is Ren or something. Like that. Yeah. And um, she, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. I hear I, rumor is that Ray, uh, Hayden Christensen has a cameo. Yeah, yeah, I know he's, he's 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 definitely in it. He's, he, I, we haven't seen it yet. Yeah, I haven't seen him yet, but I, my understanding is he he will appear as a force ghost or no, no. I think he's going to appear as a no. This is before he's dead. 
Oh, okay. So this is before. But is he Vader, or is this does this happen I, before he, he I turns? Don't, I don't know. Okay, should be interesting. But this yeah. is this is early. This is a bit earlier than this is more Clone Warsy time. So okay. before the New Republic. Oh, so he may show up. Oh no, as... this is part of the New Republic. Okay. Part of the New Republic. So this would be set. It's kind of the contemporaneous to the Mandalorian. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm definitely gonna watch it. And then it's so sad, Ray Stevenson having yeah. passed away like so unexpectedly. Yeah. Well, he's right. He's younger than me. I know. I don't know what he died of. Uh, I think it was like a heart attack or something. Yeah. But well, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll look it up and <laughs> and post it. Like Lewis Black said when uh, that comedian he talked about you know sixty being the new forty, and he was like, I don't believe it. Right. He goes, when I was a kid, people would die, and it's what did he die of? Sixty. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I can't afford to die at sixty. I, I gotta work till I'm at least seventy-two now. But uh so uh any other media you've been consuming? Well, like I said, a lot of stuff on YouTube. Um but less like no threads, sorry, no or very little of uh, what used to be Twitter. And I actually feel pretty good about it. Um, yeah, I'm still consuming too podcasts. much. I'm still consuming too much X. I need to get rid of it. I mean, the only thing I liked about X, although it's the thing that made me the most angry, is there was a lot of local. Like I'd follow a lot of local local stuff, news right? stuff. So yeah. I haven't been angry about something that our government's done for probably a couple of weeks, right? And I know they're doing stupid shit on a daily basis. Oh, on a daily basis, I'm just not as in tuned. Yeah, and so it's walking that fine line between. What do I need to know? Because the downstream impacts, you know, on our businesses and are going to, so I heard they're doing, they're messing around with the U of A now or some curriculum stuff for post post secondary. And it's just like, why, why, why would you do that? But we know they ridiculous with this moratorium on renewables. Mm. And then haven't they just launched a hydrogen thing? And people are like, like, you know, you just guys don't know what you're doing. But I've been hearing about it almost like secondhand through, there's a guy uh, called, uh, he runs something called Reboot Alberta. And he's quite, um, Ken Chapman, I think his name is. And I, I met him at one point. So I follow him on Facebook and he's he's a little bit more, like he titrates a bit. Like it's not just rage, right? But, and I've just been feeling a lot better about life in general. So I don't want to go back. And I hope Threads doesn't become as well, threads is strident so the the thing that i like about twitter and or x that still exists on twitter and x is it's still a reasonable spot to get some news although it that has clearly diminished a lot um because now it's just anger and rage and right-wing conspiracy right. weird shit all the time um threads doesn't have that yet there's some inklings that it's starting to like i try uh, to follow certain news feeds in and and the stuff that you see is a little more positive a little more balanced and a little less for now crazy at least on <laughs> threads um but um but threads doesn't have as much as a lot of posting of pictures and stuff yeah. like that speaking so, of pictures yeah have you seen that picture i mean who hasn't of what the oh, mugshot. The, the mugshot? Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. He looks like... <laughs> I saw the one where they had the... Uh, the you know the Muppets? What was the eagle? 
uh, oh, Sam the Eagle. Sam the Eagle. Yeah. And they posted that right next to the mugshot. <laughs> and it totally looks the same. Like, Apparently his lawyer, Alina Haba, was taking uh, credit for the look. She recommended, you know, try to look intimidating. Yeah. And it's just like unbelievable well i saw i saw a fragment of an interview with john bolton who probably yes said, he basically said they probably spent as much time planning out that mugshot look as they did uh as they did for for planning out his legal strategy because yeah it's just uh it's just who he is it's like all about the look and i saw one i think it was on threads this morning somebody posted it's an old boxing glove and it's orange and white, and but it looks just like Trump. So they were like, here's a better mugshot. It's just this old orange and white boxing glove. But because of the hair and all that. Oh, and then Bolton said, he also said, they probably spent more time, as much time combing his hair. <laughs> exactly. Well, and uh, I mean, he posted his own mugshot on his true social, but really... they, they photoshopped out the... the the Fulton County Jail of logo, of course, and then and then Margie Taylor Green posts her own yeah homemade mugshot, Home, homemade like she's mugshot. somehow part of the club. This is not a club you want to be I, like. We're living what? in insane times. I know. I don't know what's going to happen. Well, I'm more same. and more thinking we're living in a simulation. From around about twenty fifteen, I think we're running. I think we're living in the Matrix. Somebody is trying to figure out. Well, how many stupid things can we have well, happen? Like Pierre Polivare, like all he does is... <gasps> There's a guy I haven't heard about for like about 10 days. So th there, th that's just for that to get off threads. But go he, on. He is he is continuously posting stuff that makes no sense no, or sure. amplifies like right-wing conspiracy things. Uh, and just he basically... It's kind of... He's kind of this weird Boy Scout Donald Trump like he looks like a boy scout and he's so he's lost his glasses and so he's squinting all the time. He apparently wears for sure there was a few shots where he's wearing one of those under t-shirt muscle muscle thing. shirts because oh, people are like well how can you look like that two days ago and then there's this more candid shot and like, where did the muscles go yeah. like, what is going so he's, on he's got he's he's yeah but he's always squinting now because he's does not wearing glasses and uh it's called a steely-eyed gaze yes blue steel hey pierre can you see me i'm over here <sighs> anyway the, so the, the thing i don't understand is Insane. why people can't see through this obvious fiction that he keeps because people forward. see what they want to see i guess right yeah. people see what they want to see oh, i gotta say we were where the hell were we well we were down in the mountains there and, and i saw we we drove by a business and they had a big banner that says, we support the convoy. And again, I'm thinking, I don't know. The minute you begin, I guess maybe in that part of the province that plays, but stay, you know, keep your political stuff neutral. Yeah. If you're smart. Right? Yeah. Because you never know who you're going to be. Who are you offending, gonna piss, like pissing if, if half the, half the population believes in, one color and the other half believes in another color pick a color that's not going to yeah. offend the the other half right like you know why as a business would you even conceive of anything that is going to offend a significant portion of your base but anyway um i only see one color this is a quote from uh, uh one of my partners uh i only see one color green <laughs> and i don't mean the green party <laughs> 
Um, anyway, uh, we should wrap it up. Um, yes. I, so you're going to be away for an I'm extended period. I'm going to be away. Uh, we'll see if we can sneak one more in. Okay. Um, but uh, When are you leaving? Wednesday. Okay. So maybe uh, well, we'll have to talk about it. Yeah. But um, been full, but we'll see. Tuesday uh, night, maybe. Yeah. We can try and try and get everything. Okay. Anyway, have a great, uh, a great week. Yes, I will. And you as well. Yeah. And uh, I'm sure we'll talk before you take off, but it sounds like you're going to have a hell of a trip. Well, it's going to be interesting. I mean, uh, uh, next weekend I'll be in, uh, I'll be, I'll be traveling to my next destination, actually. Right. So uh, one week from today. So uh, we're recording this on a Sunday and um, yeah. yeah, next weekend. Try I'm, not to get shot. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Anyway. See you, Mark. Okay, take care. Yeah, bye. Bye.